Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 20th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. Hey everyone, we're back from some time off. Hope you enjoy the episodes from the past two weeks. But this episode is taking us right back into the perilous situation facing our state right now as COVID once again runs rampant. We look at the latest political back and forth over masks and schools with vulnerable children right in the middle. DHEC makes it clear where it stands in the mask debate. We get the latest on who is eligible for boosters and steps pregnant women should take against the virus and so much more, including new unemployment numbers. We want to hear from you. It's been a while since we've talked, so let us know what's going on with you. Leave us a message at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from. I know we got lots of parents out there, so let us know what you think about back to school, what you're telling your kids if you're sending them back with a mask or what. Let us know. Tell us about how everything's going now that summer's over and the school year is back. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. Yes, we're back, folks. There have been 10,213 total deaths and 681,659 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of August 20th at 4 p.m. So far this month alone, there have been 57,278 cases. Now, before we look at more data, I want to highlight a sad development. On August 11th, the state surpassed 10,000 COVID-related deaths. That's 10,000 fellow South Carolinians dead from this virus. In a statement, DHEC Director Dr. Edward Simmer expressed his deepest sympathies to the families of those who lost someone to the virus. He added there is only one way to prevent more lives from being lost, and that is through vaccination. The South Carolina lead also expresses its deepest sympathies to all those who lost someone to this virus and anyone who is still fighting it. Now, we're not going to fearmonger, but you definitely should be a little terrified by the data out there right now. We're like hitting replay to where things were last winter. And you should seriously consider returning to previous safety measures you had in place during the last surge. I know I am, okay? We're talking about masking indoors in public places, avoiding large crowds, social distancing, all of this, even if you are vaccinated. You won't see me in a crowded indoor bar or restaurant anytime soon, folks. I'll be masking at the gym again and avoiding crowds when I can. Why? Hmm, good question. Because we had more than 5,000 total cases reported on Friday alone. Because our percent positive has been in the teens basically all month and is currently 14.5%. There are 1,833 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19 and 461 are in intensive care and 268 are in ventilators. You're talking about 98% of the cases in our state are from the Delta variant, folks spreads. We got more for you in our medical section about what that means and how things are looking. I can objectively say South Carolina is a mess right now. You could argue it is always kind of a mess, depending on what criteria you want to use. Listen, God bless this mess, but let's focus on COVID-19 right now. Currently, I'm visualizing the state as a gridlocked five-way intersection. Do this with me. If you've ever been through Five Points in Florence, you know the visual I'm talking about. And now let's look at the lanes. There's the politics, there's courts, public health, the education system, and personal freedom. And they're all converging. 
Traffic was moving actually pretty nicely this spring and into the summer. You know, we had students who went back to school in person. They wore masks. Remember that? Most parents returned to work. Normalcy briefly returned into the summer as well because some of us followed the rules or got vaccinated. And of course, the Delta variant wasn't rampant yet. Then came the relaxed safety measures for the vaccinated, which even people opposing safe and effective vaccines recommended by medical professionals and anti-vaxxers on their deathbeds alike took advantage of. So less masking, low uptake of vaccines, and cue the Delta variant from stage right. And now each lane in our five-way intersection is jammed with horns blaring, chest thumping, and innocent people dying on the side of the road as we sit in our cars waiting to move on to normalcy or herd immunity, which doesn't sound like it will ever happen. Spoiler. Now, I know you know what this COVID traffic looks like because we're all in it together. But let's get a report from the public health and education system lanes, two that have always based their decisions on the latest facts and science. The latest facts because things change. See Delta variant. A press conference this week with two leaders in these areas, state epidemiologist Dr. Linda Bell and Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman, along with several pediatricians, reinforced the solid foundation that the two have in providing for the health and safety of children, many of whom are more vulnerable to the Delta variant and are too young for the vaccine. They are returning to schools where masking once was the rule and is now the exception, as it is not required or even allowed to be required, though some school districts are defying the temporary state law. Dr. Elizabeth Mack joined Bell and Spearman and told us about just how different things are from months ago. So this has been uh, quite different than the last wave. Um, Our children are suffering significantly. Prior waves, typically um, what we saw was MIS-C, the multisystem inflammatory syndrome in children. Um, Now we are seeing uh, acute COVID in a very different way. Um, These children are preventing with very severe presentations. As you saw in national news, uh, we have recently had a death. Um, Obviously this is of significant concern uh, and many, if not all of the ones that we have taken care of have been unvaccinated. Um, And part of that is because several of them have been too young to be vaccinated, um, as as Dr. Bell and Superintendent Spearman alluded to earlier. So um, incredibly important to protect our younger children by our older folks, uh, 12 and up, getting vaccinated and masking uh, for the protection of the younger children's sake. Incredibly disturbing to hear that from her at a time when the state is fighting itself over whether credible professionals like Mac and Bell are better suited in protecting children than their parents when it comes to disease transmission. Here's Dr. Bell. Earlier this year, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention published findings from studies of COVID-19 transmission in K-12 schools. And in one report, during 13 weeks of in-person learning, only seven of 4,872 students and zero of 654 staff members got COVID in a school setting. However, DHEC posted our COVID-19 associated cases in students and staff on this past Friday, and in less than two weeks of in-school learning in South Carolina, 141 students and 34 staff were reported with COVID-19. Some are having severe complications. We have more cases in South Carolina in schools in less than two weeks of in-person learning than were found in 13 weeks in the published studies by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. What's the difference? The schools in the studies complied with the recommendations for layered prevention measures making the schools safer 
than the surrounding communities, even when disease transmission was relatively high in those surrounding communities, the schools were the safest places to be. And here's how they did it. More than 92% of their students wore masks. The students were physically distanced. The schools used quarantine measures after exposures. Superintendent Spearman once again broke with Governor Henry McMaster over his approach to handling the pandemic response. Spearman said it's the local school districts guided by input from medical professionals that should be calling the shots on what's best for students as they've been doing throughout the pandemic. I have been very clear. I do believe that this issue is best handled by local school boards. We have two ways now to make that happen. Either the legislature comes back in, and I have asked them to do that continually, <laughs> or this ends up in the courts, and the courts resolve it. Uh, I disagree with the governor on this. Um, we have got to have a solution to this. Our schools are starting, our educators are worried, and we have parents who are very, very concerned as I am. When I asked Superintendent Spearman just how frustrating all this has been, going from in-person learning last year with masks and the planning involved to have a normal school year currently blown up, she gave this response. I'm very concerned. I don't know that I've ever been this concerned. And my heart is very, very heavy for the difficult decisions that educators are having to make. A state Supreme Court ruling this week has allowed colleges and universities in the state to skirt a budget proviso, which is a temporary law that lasts a year, which attempted to prevent higher education institutions from implementing mask mandates on campus. You know, places home to the most transmissible and undervaccinated population of people that reside in a town near you? Yes, those people. But that isn't the case currently for K-12 schools, many of which are following a different budget proviso that prevents them from passing mask mandates, even though there are no ramifications if a school district doesn't follow it. Several so far are bucking the proviso as bipartisan calls from lawmakers to hold a special session to reverse the temporary law fall upon deaf ears of Republican leadership. McMaster gave this response when asked if lawmakers should come back in session and whether he thinks schools are safe. Well, that, that's up to the legislature. It is a state law. And for them to come back in would be a decision that they would have to make. I have no authority to call them back in. Would you be in support of that, though? I think that we need to be very careful, and anything that's done must be done with due consideration to the needs and opinions and views of the parents. The parents need to be in every equation when we speak about schools and masks and vaccines. Governor, Pickens County just had to go virtual because of the number of COVID-19 cases. Several of our local school districts are going back to school this week. What do you say to the parents who are concerned and anxious about sending their kids back? Well, I, I think people are, are, they need to be concerned, but we have ample information. I would say uh, get, get information from the appropriate sources, get the facts. Uh, the vaccine is, is available for those, those who are eligible. And of course, adults, it's available for all adults. And it's not available for children under 12, but it's available for all adults. Uh, but uh, I certainly don't think that we ought to be requiring children to wear masks in order to protect adults that have a choice whether they want to get the vaccine or not. And it is readily available. But whatever we do, we must be cognizant and aware of the opinions and the views of the parents. 
This week, Attorney General Alan Wilson sued the city of Columbia over its recently passed mass mandate in schools. This eventual ruling will have ramifications for municipalities, counties, and schools that have such mandates, so stay tuned. At the federal level, even President Joe Biden pounced on governors like McMaster, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and Texas Governor Greg Abbott and has instructed his education secretary, Miguel Cardona, to take legal action against states that are blocking what local districts can do. Cardona sent McMaster and Spearman a letter saying in part that bans preventing masking may, quote, infringe upon a school district's authority to adopt policies to protect students and educators as they develop their safe return to in-person instruction plans required by federal law. Yes, so all of those voices and situations make up this gridlocked intersection where apparently the only outcome is waiting and seeing how much further we can push educators, frontline workers, stressed doctors and nurses, and others until, I guess, something breaks. We always hear politicians, particularly during natural disasters, inspire us with the notion of neighbors helping neighbors during the worst of times, but it doesn't seem like the case at this point in the pandemic. It's more just worry about yourself, let me do what I want, chastise you for not doing what I think is right, and inevitably let others deal with the consequences, no matter the cost. Now, if I got that wrong, let me know. 803-563-7169. I got a quick national story for you that I found interesting, speaking of colleges and COVID. Johns Hopkins reports that the U.S. Supreme Court last week refused to block Indiana University's requirement that all students, faculty, and staff have a SARS-CoV-2 vaccination unless they qualify for one of several exemptions. The decision to turn down a group of students' request for emergency relief was issued independently by Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who handles emergency requests from Indiana, without explanation, without dissents from other justices, and without asking the university for a response. Now, we don't have a business section in this episode. I know you're disappointed, but I want to let you know that our unemployment situation continues to slowly improve in the state. Well, at least it did in the month of July. Data from the Department of Employment and Workforce found the unemployment rate dropped to 4.3% in July from 4.5% in June. The incremental drop was not as drastic as some may have expected following the discontinuation of enhanced federal unemployment benefits that the governor ended at the end of June to spur folks to fill tens of thousands of open jobs in the state. Due Director Dan Elzey said total employment now tops the pre-pandemic level of February 2020. And this episode is so jam-packed with COVID stuff that I'm pushing news from the Chamber of Commerce's Washington Night event with members of the congressional delegation to Tuesday. So don't read any news articles. Don't follow any other news. (laughs) Stay tuned until Tuesday. We'll have hot takes on the infrastructure bill, some surprises as well. And Sarah Lindsey Graham weighs in on Afghanistan and the relocation of refugees. Okay, let's start this medical section with some information that will help put the rest of the section in context. MUSC's COVID-19 Epidemiology Intelligence Report website is chock full of great information and data, but this jumped out at me. Virtually all cases in the area are now from the Delta variant. You hear this next stat a lot too, that the Delta variant is between 50 to 60% more transmissible than the last version of the virus. But what does that mean? Listen to this. Prior variants typically required 15 minutes of contact to transmit. With the Delta variant, transmission has been documented to occur in as short as 10 seconds of contact. What? Uh? 
10 seconds of contact because those with the Delta variant infections have been shown to harbor a thousand times the level of virus as with prior variants. This just hammers home how bad this Delta variant is, folks. The time between becoming infected and having symptoms averages five days. And this is a period when a person is typically highly infectious. See 10 seconds of contact to transmit the virus. Now, the risk of infection from people with no symptoms or mild symptoms is the greatest single threat to members of the community. Do not assume that a lack of symptoms in people you encounter means that they cannot transmit the COVID-19 virus to you. That just shows you how different this variant is and why things have exponentially popped off to levels we are at right now. And why masking isn't a bad thing. <laughs> According to the experts, it's not me talking, talk to the experts, Lord, listen to those numbers. Now on Friday, DHEC's board unanimously voted to urge Director Dr. Edward Simmer and the DHEC board chair to reach out to House and Senate leadership to consider providing local decision-making authority regarding mask mandates in schools. You may remember that state Republicans voted to tie the hands of locals through a budget proviso. We just talked about that. Now, this move comes as Simmer said there have been 1,000 students in quarantine across the state. And this is just from a few school districts with many others coming online this past week. And Simmer fears there will be a significant increase in numbers in the coming weeks. Hmm, sounds like that five-way intersection we were talking about there. Jammed up, jammed up. Now, other lawmakers, including the SC Legislative Black Caucus, House and Senate Democrats, and even Senate Judiciary Chairman Luke Rankin and Charleston Republican Senator Sandy Sin have called for a special session to deal with the proviso. We'll see if this call to action by DHEC makes a difference or if we'll have to wait for another state Supreme Court ruling. And in non-COVID, I'm just kidding, there's no such thing as non-COVID news in this report. We have a lot of vaccine news for you though, specifically dealing with boosters. Let's start off with a newly approved recommendation by the CDC to allow immunocompromised individuals to receive a third dose of mRNA-based vaccines. This approval came after the approval of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, known as ASIP, and an emergency use authorization by the US FDA. Now, the FDA did not extend the authorization for a third dose to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to a lack of efficacy data, but officials have stated they are working to develop a recommendation. So who is in this category of moderately to severely immunocompromised individuals? That includes those receiving cancer treatment, recent recipients of an organ or stem cell transplant, those with advanced or untreated HIV infection, individuals taking a high dose of corticosteroid, and people who are anticipating treatment that may weaken their immune system. Now, folks who are not eligible for a third booster shot are those with chronic conditions that may cause mild immunosuppression, such as people with diabetes and heart disease, or residents in long-term care facilities. The CDC urges eligible individuals to try to get the same vaccine for their third dose, but receiving a different vaccine for the third dose is acceptable if the original is unavailable. But we also got some more news on booster shots for average folks like you and me. The White House COVID Task Force came out in support of giving booster shots to folks eight months after their second vaccine shot in an effort to boost vaccine efficacy that wanes over time. Remember, no vaccine is 100% foolproof cure here. That's why breakthrough cases occur. But the vaccine does help reduce the likelihood of severe illness, hospitalization, and death. Can your natural infection do that? <laughs> Didn't think so. Now, the doses can be available as soon as September 20th, but it's conditional upon approval from the FDA and ASIP. This only would apply for Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. While again, health officials expect Johnson Johnson recipients to need a booster as well, that data is still forthcoming. The World Health Organization, however, issued strong statements against booster shots, while much of the world, especially poorer countries, remain unvaccinated. 
The United States has donated 115 million doses to 80 countries so far, more than all other nations combined, and more is on the way. Officials said the U.S. has enough vaccine to dispense boosters to the American people, and here's U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy. The COVID-19 vaccines that are authorized in the United States have been remarkably effective, even against the widespread Delta variant. But we know that even highly effective vaccines become less effective over time. Our goal has been to determine when that time might come for the COVID-19 vaccines so we can make a plan to take proactive steps to extend and enhance the protection the vaccines are giving us. Having reviewed the most current data, it is now our clinical judgment that the time to lay out a plan for COVID-19 boosters is now. Recent data makes clear that protection against mild and moderate disease has decreased over time. This is likely due to both waning immunity and the strength of the widespread Delta variant. Even though this new data, even though this new data affirms that vaccine protection remains high against the worst outcomes of COVID, we are concerned that this pattern of decline we are seeing will continue in the months ahead which could lead to reduced protection against severe disease, hospitalization, and death. Okay, so that was our federal news update right there. But I got some, uh, some positive news here from the, from the home front here in South Carolina. Now, you might remember us railing against the 20 to 24-year-olds and all the problems that they, they cause in the state. But over the past month, vaccination rates for 20 to 24-year-olds have jumped significantly. But first, a brief history of this demographic. In mid-May, 14,081 of these folks were vaccinated. Two months later, that number budged to 20,016. Not good. And now here we are in August, August 20th, not even a month later, and the numbers have jumped fivefold to 109,059, right? That's pretty impressive. The 20 to 24-year-old demographic, however, is still the least vaccinated and trails the 12 to 19-year-olds. They must be listening to the podcast. Now let's switch from Zoomers to expecting mamas and the vaccine. DHEC and top health organizations in the state are recommending all pregnant women get vaccinated against COVID-19 to protect them and their babies from potentially severe complications, citing a strong body of evidence that women during and after pregnancy are at much higher risk for more severe illness due to COVID-19 than other people in their age group and are more likely to have major pregnancy complications. Pair that with the latest information available indicates that less than 25% of pregnant women overall and less than 10% of women under the age of 25 in the country are fully vaccinated. This according to DHEC. The CDC is also recommending vaccinations and DHEC says new analyses found no risk in early pregnancy or increased risk of miscarriage among people who received a vaccine before the 20th week of pregnancy. Previous data from three safety monitoring systems did not find any safety concerns for pregnant women were vaccinated late in pregnancy or in their babies. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things, what your thoughts are with this resurgence thanks to the Delta variant. Uh, maybe you've had a breakthrough case. Let us know what's going on with you. It's, kids are going back to school. Are you keeping them virtual? What are you doing? Let us know. 803-563-7169. We hope things have been been somewhat normal for you folks out there. I know it's been well, different. We haven't been on. You know, things are changing. <laughs> yeah. People are changing. Do we have any old voicemails, AT? 
We had some old voicemails, but they were more. Uh, they came in when all those numbers jumped back up, and and it wasn't. It was there was one that was like, uh, you don't need to use this on the show, but uh, your promo says the end of the pandemic is in sight. You may want to take that down. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we need so, a new promo uh, out there anyway. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, she's right. Well, Thank I you very mean, much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, end is, right. the end is near, but uh, not we really. We were a little overly optimistic well, on I think that everyone one, was, though. right? You know, we're looking back yeah. and everyone's like, oh, you know, no masks, go grocery shopping, who cares? You know, and then that's now it's just... The back. grocery store is the only place I never took my mask off. I never stopped wearing it oh, in the grocery I store. Didn't. I just, but I, I, I really like, I was, I was pretty conservative with this stuff. And I remember like... I took it. I started not wearing it to work in the hallways and stuff, and I, it, I did that for like two weeks, and then it was like, bam, boom, mm-hmm. three thousand cases a day. And yeah. so, I mean, uh, I, I, it, 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 it hurt me for trusting it. So that's oh, yeah. on me. We're that's all, on me. Uh, I'll never open all... up again. <laughs> okay, calm down. Close up. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> uh, no, I mean that's that's true. I mean we were all trusting it we were expecting it to to continue down i was even thinking about like oh you know like do we start revamping the podcast again and now it's like nope because we're right back where we were you look, know? look at when we planned our vacations yeah. you know yeah, like, we, we planned to, when it was maybe 100 we were cases told, a day we were told it was gonna be fine <laughs> we were promised by the illuminati that this was yeah. safe and the we media got overlords told us that we could take yeah. time off quest love and rihanna told us and then um, i come back you know they're like oh greece is on a do not travel list or it's a you know Concernless. It's like, well, <laughs> so should South Carolina. <laughs> because, yeah, they're uh, in. Not Sheesh. as bad. You know, I had to have vaccination to get over there. I had to have a negative COVID test to come back. So, how many euros did you eat over there? I'd have been chock full of euros. Uh, like at least three for the front for the first part of my trip. Since I was on the islands, I was eating a lot of seafood. So I had like definitely my fill of squid and calamari. Oh, I mean, I was calamari. Just, I yeah. was That's just good, 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 good. I was gonna aye, say. Aye, aye. That, your euro numbers are sorely lacking, but I'm glad you got that that yes. calamari number up there. So I mean, there good. was there was plenty plenty going on there, and grape leaves and sardines and all the good oh, stuff. I love dolmas, my goodness. Yeah, just getting just getting the tins of them at the at the grocery store. I was like, oh my my, my. but then They're I had so plenty of good. handmade it's ones crazy. and homemade ones, yeah. and yeah, plenty of ouzo. Oh, uh, oh. ouzo's good. Oh, Uzo's I dig it. Good stuff. I love it. It sneaks up on you though. You're fit for a for a Mediterranean lifestyle. Though. Oh, you're, oh, baby! Your your style really I mean, lends itself. I just, it, I was like a hand and glove over there. I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I told you like the one. Yeah, I mean they uh, the one hotel I stayed at. I was like, oh, I really love your logo. Do you guys have any like merchandise I can buy? And they're like, no, but we have these polos for the employees that no one likes. And I was like, I will have one, please. <laughs> I so I, I was this close to working abroad <laughs> in Mykonos. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But uh, it was a wonderful trip. My mom was out there. My aunt, my uncle. Uh, we were a little bit worried with the wildfires out there. We were in Rhodes and Athens later. But um, you experienced some smoke, right? Yeah, there but was some haziness, it. and there were some really devastating reports on the news that you saw. Uh, yeah, because every everything in that region was on fire. In Turkey and Italy, just it was really worrisome to see. It was hot as hell over there too. I mean, it was like worse than South Carolina. Which and, is saying some stuff. Yeah, and without central air, right? They had like air conditioning, like the rooms, Ooh. but it took a while for those rooms to cool down and. Um, it was fine though once things kind of got under control, but and we had a pool, so that helped as well. And then the beaches helped too. So, and the Uzo, 
but um it was a, a really wonderful trip <laughs> even though like you know my mother and my aunt uncle they they, they 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 lost their luggage they had some flight cancellations they had like the worst part of it right the the things that you, you had hear about great you, i mean i had a road of myself on the way over i had an extra seat <laughs> you know they had screaming kids and loud russians they said that these guys in front of them talked the entire flight overnight flight eight hours of just talking who I don't have anything to talk about that much. I mean, I, I, I run can out talk stuff for after eight like, hours if prompted. If you needed um, to, but I don't. I just. Mm. But yeah, I had. Uh, I was very fortunate. You know, everyone tested negative on the way back. No one got stuck in a COVID hotel. That's nice. I'm very uh, very happy for the everyone. wedding my mother went to was wonderful. So it was very good. Uh, good trip beyond my expectations. Everyone was super nice over there. Everyone was like, I guess they were just like stoked to have Americans over there helping out because it was still bopping in places where we were at, pretty uh, heavy tourist areas, but. Uh, I think they were just really happy to see people because a lot of countries, a lot of British people especially, aren't really traveling because of worries about, you know, different different countries getting placed on a list and then being stuck somewhere and all that stuff. So I was stressed flying back from Maine because that's when numbers just shot back up over 2,000 cases a day. And I had to go sit in a tube of breath yeah. in the air. You know, I don't like that. Well, that was the thing too. Coming back, like everyone on that flight to get in the United States, you had to have a negative COVID test. So that's, even though that's, that's you know a point in time, it's still yeah, good. You're nice. like, okay, even though we're all here, at least we all know that at some point we're all negative within three days of flying. So, uh, <laughs> but that was like the most stressful point, right? Like when I was um, getting my rapid test, it was like five minutes of anxiety. Whereas my mother, my God, she's please no, please no, She was thinking about that test the entire time. All they do is worry. And I'm like, mom, you got to stop worrying, baby. We're on vacation. If we're stuck here, we're stuck here. I'll do the podcast from quarantine, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it was wonderful. It was, it was good times. Hopefully things calm down so everyone can start doing that stuff again. Because it, 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 was, it was a pain. You had to have like personal locator forms. And just to fly through London, you have to have a negative test. And before mm-hmm. it had to be a PCR test. And then they let it be a, an antigen test too. So and over in Greece, you had to pay for your own test. Like 60 bucks for a PCR test. I was like, I'll do that or the rapid test for 20. Thanks. So, because uh, you are you're you're notoriously globally cheap. We know. Oh that. my god, that's why I love. I mean, we had this great little spot down the place in Athens. A euro was like two fifty, and yeah. it was delicious. And then they had the house wine for less than a penny a milliliter. I'm talking about half this a is, liter here for four euro. It was. This is why I'm disappointed in your euro numbers. It, I, this is the pizza all over again, Gavin. <laughs> well, because I, well, I, I, we I kind of see get, those numbers. Well, way I up. could keep going to the same place. You'd be like, you went to the same place over and over again. Why didn't you go somewhere different? I mean, I mean if you strike gold, if you strike oh, yeah. oil, I mean, we you went just back keep multiple back. times. I just yeah, not always so hungry, and you're just nibbling here and there, and everyone. You're psycho. Yeah, it was. It was. Good. I mean, when was I was good. in Maine, I I was there. I was in Maine for six days. Baby, I had eight lobster rolls. Oh my gosh! One day, got a twofer in there. <laughs> oh, twice I yeah, did yeah. because we, I would have had lunch and then I'd be driving because if you're in Maine, you drive anywhere. Uh, like you have to drive anywhere you go. So and you just see a shack on the side of the road and I'd Oof, be like, Caitlin, gotta I try bet it that's out. got good lobster rolls. I just I'd eat one. Was what great. was the uh, consistent? All very consistent. Very Everyone good. was very good. I only had one that was too mayo-y, mm. but uh, they were all they were all very good. I mean, mm-hmm. you could see the ocean for the most part every single time you're eating one. It was great. Oh, it was great. That's wonderful. Yeah. But a kind kind of the opposite experience in Maine than you had in Greece because like in Maine they're never happy to see people not from Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. uh, everyone was super friendly and super happy. Like even at one point, like we were coming back from like the bar at five in the morning, me and my cousin, and we we come across a um a taxi driver, we're like, oh thank God, we were gonna have to like walk miles back. We didn't know how to get home. And we're like, how much is it? How much is it? And he's like, 15 euro. We're like, oh, 50. Okay, well, w- we can do that if there's an ATM. He's like, no, 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 15. And we're like, 
what? Could you, you could have taken you this for 50, baby. And we an American like taxi driver t- <laughs> yeah. telling you, no, 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 less, actually. Yeah. yeah. I was just, I mean, situations like that, there was, it was just like really nice uh, moments all the time. Little gifts here and there from like bartenders and waitresses and shopkeepers. Just really, really cool. It's the second time I've been to Greece and this one just really blew it brag. out of the water. So, real yeah. brag. I mean, I'm going to have to start going, I, I can only swim in the Aegean. <laughs> You know, I wish you showed up uh, with a with a thick Greek accent, but <laughs> it's just a chest of hair. <laughs> like, anyway, what happened? Gavin, yeah, it's yeah. nice to talk to you. It's nice to yes, have our friends good back, to be back listening. Call us and let us know what you feel about these numbers juicing back up. Yeah, uh, but uh, say goodbye, Gavin. Say okay, goodbye. folks, let us know. Yeah, like At said, give us a holler. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, you can show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on iTunes or a voicemail at 803-563-7169. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. That's really like a catch-22. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I, I know it's bad and I hate it, but, but I also love it. <laughs>